welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Land. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. All right, so we're going to be going into our sermon today. So we're studying the book of Ephesians this, this month, and today is Father's Day, and I was praying about uh, the message for today, been praying, you know, throughout the week, and, you know, the Spirit of God, you know, just began to unveil a particular part of Ephesians to me uh, that, you know, I should share today. And so we're going to be going, uh, let's, we're going to uh, go to our text uh, today, I want to teach on what I titled Patriarchs Needed. Patriarchs Needed. And this is a message for fathers. It's a message for potential fathers. Also, because I know it's not just fathers that are watching me right now, it's also a message for those who have fathers, or uh, also a message for those who allow fathers to become fathers. And that's talking about women, because a man, no matter how how much he tries cannot be a father on his own. Uh, we, need, uh, we need somebody else to help us become fathers. And God made it that way. God made everything that he created to be so dependent on one another. So fatherhood is dependent upon motherhood. Motherhood is dependent upon fatherhood. But today is Father's Day, so we're going to be focusing on the fathers. But I believe that everyone who is listening to this, um, whether you are male or female, you receive something. As a father, you receive some direction, some inspiration, um, some hope. You know, some instructions. And as uh, a potential father, you will learn some things that, you know, you can start, you know, beginning to pray about and just look forward to. And as somebody uh, who is a woman, who supports a father, who has a father, you understand a father will a little bit more. And you'll be able to pray for your husband. You'll be able to pray for a father. And, um, you know, and, you know it's, it's going to be a blessing to everyone. And I believe it's also relevant to what is going on in our society currently. A lot of things are happening in our society uh, currently. Um, and a lot of these things can be traced back to the, either the malpractice of fatherhood or the absence of fatherhood. Just think of you know, Chicago. We talk about shootings and violence. We talk about a lot of things that are happening in the community. And you discover that if you trace it back, you, you trace it back either to you know, malpractice, fatherhood, abused fatherhood, or the absence of fathers. And there are a lot of causes for this. I don't want to go into all that. There's a reason why the society is that way, but it's all the devil's work. It's the devil's arithmetic. You know, he wants to make sure that fathers are eliminated, and he uses all kinds of oppressive forces, uses all kinds of things to eliminate fathers, either by trying to get them off the scene through premature death, or trying to get them out of the scene by throwing them in prison, or trying to get them out of the scene by cursing, you know, from the beginning, by planting seeds inside of them that will, that will generate the wrong things, and that will create, you know, just the wrong... Uh, the wrong things within the society. So listen, if you are watching right now, one of the prayers we need to pray at this time with everything that is going on is that great fathers will emerge. You know, that people will, be, will begin to practice fatherhood as God ordained it. That, you know, God will give us that spirit of fatherhood which he, 
in which he possesses, and that in our nation, in our communities, that men will rise up, that fathers will rise up, fathers who will father their own children, you know, biological children, and fathers that will even father other children, that will adopt other children and father them and help them. We want to pray for spiritual fathers who also emerge, people that would nurture people spiritually so that they can be all that God has called them to be. So this is very relevant to everybody and it's very relevant to all the things that are going on right now. Families need fathers. Family needs leadership. And, you know, the plans of God requires fatherhood. No, no, but don't take my word for it. Let's go into the word of God. So we're going to be reading um, Ephesians chapter 3, starting from verse 14 to verse 20. Now, I'm sure you have read this passage many times. If you have ever uh, gone through the book of Ephesians, uh, you have read this passage many times. Now, Paul prayed several prayers in the book of Ephesians and in his epistles. They are called Pauline prayers. Um, Those prayers are powerful. And they are prayers that I recommend. You know, I pray them for myself. I pray them for the people that I lead. I pray them, you know, you know constantly. You know, they are my go-to kinds of prayers because they are inspired by the Holy Spirit and they produce great results because they, they are they're the will of God. So you could pray these Pauline prayers for yourself. And of all the Pauline prayers, I believe that the prayers that are in Ephesians, especially two of them in the book of Ephesians, they are some of the deepest, the most profound prayers of Paul. And this one that we're studying today is one of those, those two. I believe it's a very powerful prayer. So I'm going to read it all through, and then we're going to go into the message. I want to bring some things out of this that the Spirit of God was, you know, was showing me about fatherhood. So if, uh, Ephesians chapter 3, starting from verse 14, says, For this reason I kneel before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom um, every family in heaven and on earth derives his name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and grounded in love, or established in love, may have power together with all of God's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, and how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to the power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ throughout all generations. All generations, generations, for ever. And ever and ever. I mean, that's, that's so powerful. That was generations alone. You know, the conclusion of this prayer, the beginning and the, and the ending of it, there's a lot to learn from just that word generation. Uh, because one of the things about fatherhood is that fatherhood is not just about the current uh, time. Fatherhood is about generations. It's about perpetuity. It's about legacy. Uh, so God's intention, you see that God's intention is that he wants some things to continue. He wants some things to continue uh, from generation to generation. And Paul was, you know, praying towards that and speaking towards that as he prayed this prayer. And that is, that is so important. So I want to talk about what I tied to, like I said, patriarchs needed. But first of all, let me explain what is, uh, you know, what's, what do I mean by patriarchy? You know, what do I mean by being a patriarch? When I say patriarch, I'm not talking about somebody, uh, you know, like sometimes it is used in a negative way. Uh, that, you know, we live in, you know, the, you know, there was a patriarchal society where women were oppressed, 
you know, and all that. That's not what we're talking about right now. You know, I'm talking about, when you talk about a, patri uh, a patriarch or patriarchy, I'm talking about a person, you know, the definition of, you know, that I'm using, a person who is regarded as a father or founder of an order. Somebody, a patriarch is somebody who is regarded as a father or a founder of an order. Somebody who begins a trend, a patriarch is somebody who begins a trend. Somebody who begins a tribe. Somebody who begins an order. Somebody who originates. Somebody who generates something. Something new that continues. You see that word generate? You know, that's where you get the word generation. The generation. Generate. You know, somebody who generates something that continues and continues and continues to regenerate. To continue to generate. Somebody who initiates Somebody who initiates a line. Somebody who initiates something. So that's, that's what, uh, what I mean by a patriarch. So for example, the Bible calls Abraham the patriarch of uh, our faith. The patriarch of our faith. In Romans chapter 4, verse 15, uh, the Bible you know, calls him, first of all, is the father of people who are who, who, you know, biological you know, Israel. But more than him being the, fa the biological father of Israel, the Bible also says that he is the uh, he is the father of faith. He is the patriarch of faith. Look at it. He said, therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it might be by grace, and that it may be guaranteed to all of Abraham's offerings, not only to those who are of the law, but to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. You know, and Paul was writing this to Gentiles. He wasn't writing this. He wasn't just, you know, Jewish people that were reading this. He was writing to Gentiles, those who had no biological relationship with, uh, with Abraham. But, but, you know, Paul was saying here that Abraham is the father of us all. What he was saying is that Abraham is the beginning of something. He's the start of something. The start of believing God by faith. The start of this faith work of this faith life that we live. So he's the patriarch. He's the patriarch of faith. So when I use the word patriarch, that's what I mean. When I say becoming a patriarch, it is, you know, you, you know, becoming somebody who starts something that continues and continues and continues and continues to regenerate, that continues, uh, that continues from, you know, from, you know, that, that continues in your lifetime, even beyond your lifetime. Talking about somebody who leaves a legacy, who starts something. So, that's what we're talking about today. Patriarchs needed. Patriarchs needed. I want you to know that the society that we live in right now and the family that you live in right now, the kind of life that you live in right now, has been molded by these types of people. The kind of, you know, the kind of societies and worlds that we live in right now, families that we live in right now, have been molded by these types of people. So, for example, you will hear the word the founding fathers, say the founding fathers of the United States, or the founding fathers of a particular nation. The founding fathers, they were patriarchs that came together, you know, they had some discussions, they did all that, and they came up with a constitution, they came up with all kinds of things, and even in successive times, you know, it, you know, it takes, you know, people coming in, you know, to change things, to, you know, to, to adjust things, to make it better, you know, like it was said, a more perfect union, you know, to, make, to get it better. So basically, you know, I'm talking about people who, 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 you know, that God uses to establish this kind of lineage, like, you know, like Abraham, 
You know, you could talk about, you know, the founding fathers of institutions, the founding fathers of, uh, you know, of organizations. I mean, I know women played a whole big role in this thing, but like I told you, it's Father's Day, and so we're, gonna, we're focusing, you know, on fathers right now. They're all, they're both, you know, interdependent on one another, so we need both, you know, to get, you know, to get it done. So, so, you, so you, we understand what, um, you know, what, you know, I mean by, you know, being a patriarch right now, so you should not confuse it. So, I'm speaking to you, uh, to, to, to fathers, I'm speaking to men. One of our desires should be that we want to be this kind of a person, we want to be a patriarch, we want to be a patriarch, we want to be somebody that, you know, that generates something, that starts something. And, uh, you know, and we're going to be looking at, you know, you know, this prayer, and we're going to see exactly, you know, how, you know, some of the things that we can learn from God about being a patriarch. That's the focus of our message for today. So let's read that passage again. And I want to give you, an, uh, you know, just, you know, an, um, you know, just some understanding about it. So in that passage where it says, for this reason, verse 14, uh, Ephesians chapter uh, 3, verse 14 says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. So there are two words in that place. Uh, the first one is the word father. Uh, you know the Bible was already it was read, written in the Greek. So, you know, I just sometimes it's good for you to learn your original language, just to know some things about your original language so that you can really understand uh, what, um, you know, what the passage is talking about. So the word father, verse 14, please. The word father there, uh, the word used for it is pater, you know, and the word means source or originator. But the, the word that is very... Uh, that is of interest to me today and that this message is built upon is uh, in verse 15, where it says, from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. The word family there is the word patria. is the word patria in the Greek. And that's where, the word, where we get the word patriarch. That's where we get the word patriarch. It's patria. So basically, the, the, this passage basically is saying, is saying something there. It says, it says, for this reason, I kneel before the father or the source of all things, from whom every patriarch, every fatherhood, that's some translations use that way, every form of fatherhood derives itself, including everything that comes from fatherhood, derives itself. Is the word patriarch, patriarch therefore family. So listen, there's a lot we can learn you know, from this passage, and I'm going to just you know, just jump into it right now. So I'm going to be uh, presenting this message on, you know, under four points, and I have some sub-points in a particular one of them. So let's, let's quickly study this message, um, you know, today. I'm really excited about this. I believe it's going to bless you. It's going to inspire your fatherhood. It's going to inspire, you know, those, you know, everyone uh, who supports a father or everyone who hopes to be a father. So uh, the first, uh, my first point is what I call patriarchy uh, initiated. Patriarchy um, initiated. Patriarchy initiated. Let's go back to that passage. Uh, he said, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Now look at the word, every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. The word derive, the word derive means that God himself, the Father, is the one who initiated fatherhood. God is the greatest patriarch of all. The patriarch of all patriarchs. Imagine, he's the founder of the universe. He's the founder 
of everything that ever is. is the source of everything that ever is. God is the one that models patriarchy. He's the one that models fatherhood. God initiated it. He initiated fatherhood. He authored fatherhood. He ordained fatherhood. I want you to know that fatherhood is a part of God's purpose and plans. It's a, an essential part of his purpose and his, and his plans. It's a part of his nature. It's a part of his plans. So in other words, for God's plans to be fulfilled in the world, for God's plans to be fulfilled for all generations, there is a need for fatherhood. He initiated fatherhood. Fatherhood is not just a natural um, you know, title conferred upon somebody. No. Fatherhood is an ordination of God. It's an assignment from God. It is an ordination from God of certain, of certain things that you have to do. Certain things, certain ways that it must be carried out. Becoming the patriarch, becoming the start of something fresh, or taking, some, or taking your family into something fresh is something that God himself initiated by first of all doing it himself. It says every family on the earth derives its name from the father. So your family, if you are part of any family, your family was, was initiated by God. God initiated family. Your family is a derivative. We call that derivative in mathematics. It's a derivative of the, the heavenly father's fatherhood. The heavenly father's family. Fatherhood was initiated by God. This is very, very important. Very important. You know, and the, you know, the reason why it's very important is because if God is the one that initiated fatherhood, then this role of fatherhood, we have to approach it with reverence. If God is the one that initiated fatherhood, then it also follows that we can, we can look at what he has said about fatherhood. We can study about what he has said himself, uh, about himself regarding fatherhood. And we can start applying that in our own lives. We can start applying that in our families. We can start praying it for the fathers in our lives. And when we see it, we can start appreciating it from the fathers in our lives. So it was initiated by God. Fatherhood was initiated by God. God is the source of human fatherhood. That's so powerful. God is the source of human fatherhood. He's the one that initiated uh, fatherhood. So, so let's, um, you know, let, 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 let's go to the next point. Just, just, just get that first one point that for society, for families to be, to be stable, for God's plans to be accomplished, God instituted fatherhood. And he himself was the first one who, 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 who you know, illustrated it, as we're going to be saying. He's the one who embodied it. He's the one who initiated it. So God is behind fatherhood. If any man, you know, you know, says, I want to be a good father and calls upon God, God is going to assist you uh, to do that. And also, God is the father of the fatherless. If somebody is listening right now and you don't have a father, because God is the God is actually the originator of fatherhood. He's the one that initiated fatherhood. You can actually go to the father of fathers. And the father of fathers will provide fatherhood for you. And there's the need for human fathers. Human fathers. God himself will orchestrate people that can come into your life and that can, that can provide that role. We all need people like that in our lives. And 
So God, God, will, God will lead you into that to provide that role for you. But understand that he's the one that initiated it. So you can always go to him and say, God, you know, you are my father. You know, you know guide me, lead me, lead me to whatever I need. You know, you provide for me because a father provides for his children as we're going to see. So, the, so you get what I'm saying? So it's initiated by God. If something is initiated by someone, you can always go to that person about what initiated and talk to, talk to him about it. If something is going wrong, if you are trying to practice it as a father, if you need help, you can always go to him. Or if you, are, you, know, you have a need of it or you need something corrected or something's changed, you can always go to the initiator. Now, now my second point is fatherhood imitated. Fatherhood imitated. So the first point is fatherhood initiated, meaning God is the one that initiated fatherhood. So the second one is patriarchy initiated, imitated. Yeah, patriarchy imitated. So first point, uh, patriarchy initiated. The second point is patriarchy imitated. So God is the first patriarch who established. Now, what do, what do I mean by patri- patriarchy imi- 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 um, imitated? Now, God God ordained fatherhood. Not only did he ordain fatherhood, not only did he initiate fatherhood, what he did also was that he demonstrated fatherhood. He showed us, you know, how a father is supposed to act. And we're going to be seeing that in this prayer as we move on in this, you know, in this sermon. You know, he, 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 he demonstrated fatherhood. So to be a, a, a father, to be the kind of fathers that God wants us to be, or the patriarch that God is looking for that will establish a new order uh, for generations to come after us, we can always look to the Father and imitate, imitate him. Because he's the source. So we can look to him and imitate what he did or what he does as a father so that we can also demonstrate that kind of fatherhood. We become fathers we start that journey to becoming a patriarch, an originator, when we begin to look at the way God acts as a father and we begin to you know, ask him to mold us to be better fathers that way, the way that it is. So, listen, I want to say something very important, you know, because you know, God illustrated something for us about fatherhood. He said, Every family derives its name. I'm the first father. He's the, he's the father. Paul was saying that he's the father of everything. So God, first of all, initiated fatherhood, but also he's a father himself, so he embodied fatherhood. And then we can look at that and imitate that. So meaning that fatherhood is not just a biological thing. You need to understand that fatherhood is not just a biological thing. In fact, you know it that there are many people who sire children or who father children, I'm sorry, who, I'm sorry, who give back to children biologically, but they're not really acting as fathers because they give back to the children and they leave. No, they were, you know, they, 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 they give back to the children biologically, but they are not really fathering. Fathering is an active thing. Fathering is, an, is active involvement, an active demonstration of something that God embodied, some things that God embodied in his own fatherhood. So meaning that somebody can adopt a child and you can be a father. Somebody can adopt people, even spiritually, and you can imitate the father and be a source and be, and be the originator of certain things in their lives. They are not conflicting things. God actually tells us 
that just as he is a father, he wants us to imitate him. He wants us to father. He wants us to, to represent him, you know, as fathers, uh, you know, on this earth. So I want you to know that this is something that you can reproduce because it can be imitated, something that you can reproduce, something that you can, you know, you can, you know, you can practice, things that you can put in place to be better fathers. And that's really the core of our message today. So I'm going to go to my, uh, to my, um, uh, my third point, which I call patriarchy illustrated. So we're going to be looking at this prayer. We're going to be looking at some of the characteristics of a patriarch. And then my final point will be about how do we become that kind of a person. So let's look at this now. Patriarchy illustrated. So we're going to be looking into the life of God the Father, our Heavenly Father, in the way he practiced fatherhood from the prayers of Paul. And then we're going to learn some things from there. And then we're going to pray about it. We're going to talk about how we can embody this in our lives. But let's just look at the illustration of a great father. So if you're a father, you're watching me right now, you've been thinking, how can I become a great father? Well, there's no better way of becoming a great father than looking at the greatest father of all and seeing how he does things. And then now, you know, making that your focus, making that your goal, that I want to be like my heavenly father. So let's quickly do that. Uh, So uh, the first thing we see there, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 3, uh, from verse 14 that we're reading, is point number one about fatherhood illustrated. It says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, to whom every family in heaven and earth is na- derives its name, derives its name. So number one, please write it down, how to be a patriarch, a patriarch, a great patriarch. It's number one, patriarchs provide identity for their family. Patriarchs provide identity for their families. Of whom the whole family in heaven and on earth derives his name. So when you're talking about a name, a name is an identity. A name is what, you know, apart from what a family is called, it, 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 it embodies more than that. The name is the reputation of the family. Also, the name is the, the substance of that thing. The name is the destiny of that thing. The name is the glory of that thing. So when it's using the word name here, it's saying God provides for every family. God provides the identity, the identifying factors. This is very important. I want you to know, fathers, that one of our responsibilities and one of the areas that we can work on, that we can ask God to help us on, is in this area. A patriarch provides identity for their family. If you have children, you are providing identity for them um, unconsciously or consciously. First of all, you give them a last name. That's why, you know, children are given the last name uh, of, their, uh, of their fathers. So you provide identity. You provide, you name them also when they are born. You provide identity for them. You say, you know, this is what this person is going to be. This is what that person is going to be. And in, I believe that those, you know, those of you that are just having children and all that, you know that, you know, the names that you call your children, you know, those matters according to the Bible. And that you call them by names, by blessing names, by prophetic name. But not just when you just, when you first name them. But I'm talking about generally. You call your family the names that God wants them to be called. 
So you're not supposed to be, um, you know, you wouldn't be a patriarch, you know, leaving the right legacy if you are constantly cursing, constantly cu calling your children the wrong names, not necessarily, sometimes not necessarily cursing, but you're just calling them different. You're telling them, oh, you, you know, you are, you are very weak. You, you can never, never be good. You, you are just a stubborn child. You, you can never be this and that. You are giving identity. You are giving identity. So one of the things that we've got to learn as fathers is that we need to call our children. We need to call our spouses. We need to call our families. We need to call our grandchildren the names, the identities that we want them to take on. No matter what they are displaying right now, they might be displaying some things that you feel is not the right identity. Maybe they don't even know. They don't know themselves very well. One of our responsibilities as fathers is to help them to develop their identity. So even if they feel a particular way, you tell them, I know you feel this way, but I know who you are. I know who you are. You are a child of God. You are my child. You know, you are this. You have a destiny. I know what the Lord spoke to me when you were born. I know what God is showing me concerning you. You stand there. Even when they get to a point, maybe they are wayward or they don't want to listen to you. You know, don't, don't label them by that label. Label them by what you want them to become. Label the children by what you want them to become. Don't take their weaknesses and give them the identity of weaknesses. Give them the identity of strength. Give them a good identity. Give them an identity you know, of, of, of a prophetic destiny, of a prophetic future. Give them the, an identity that they can live up to. Something, something that seems bigger than them, but you know that it's inside of them, that they can live up to, and you will see that it will begin to have an impact on them. Label your family the way you want your family to be. This is part of our work of faith. It's part of our work of faith. So, patriarchs provide identity for their families. We initiate the complexions of our families. We initiate the destinies of our families. And I'm not just thinking about your immediate nuclear family. I'm talking about those that are going to be born through those who are born through you. Children's children's children. You know, even those that are not, that are not around, that, you know, that you may not even live to see. Coming generations after, you provide identity for them. So you need to understand that everything you are saying right now, everything that you are doing right now, everything, you know, your service of God, the things that you are doing, you know, your work of integrity, your work of faith, all these things is providing an identity for those that are going to come after you. So patriarchs provide identities for their families. Let's go to uh, my point number, two, uh, my second point. On, on, on this, uh, on that particular point, number two, patriarchs provide an inheritance for their family. Let's go back to the uh, to the Ephesian scripture. So Paul says, you know, of whom the whole family, you know, in heaven and earth derives its name. Then the next verse, verse fifteen, says, "I pray that out of his glorious riches, riches, out of his own glorious." riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in the inner man. So we understand something. Now this is, is just one, one place where this is mentioned in the Bible. We understand that in so many places in the Bible, the Bible tells us that our Heavenly Father out of what he has, out of what he has, you know, that he embodies, what he possesses, possesses he provides for his children. As inheritance. Look at it. Say, out of his own glorious riches, 
then he passes it on to us so that we can enjoy the same riches. This is one of the, uh, the, 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 the acts of a patriarch or of somebody who is practicing the God kind of fatherhood. You must always have it in mind that everything that you, are, that you have obtained, that you are learning, that you, know, that you have, whether it is spiritual, whether it is mental, emotional, whether it is financial, whatever it is, whether it is material, whether it is knowledge, whether it is experience, that you are not, you are not just having those things for yourself. One of the reasons why you are doing that is because you want to provide an inheritance. You are providing an inheritance for those who are coming after you. Out of your own riches, you provide for other people. We need to have that mentality that everything that God has blessed us with, one of the, 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 the main expression of it, if you are a man, one of the main expression of what God has blessed you with in any way is true fatherhood. And I say fatherhood, I'm talking about fatherhood of your biological children, spiritual fatherhood of others, or fatherhoods of causes and organizations and things and initiatives that God will want you to live on the face of the earth. Things that did not exist. Remember, a father brings things that did not exist while he came and leave those things behind. So things that did not exist in a before you came, Part of why God gave you all your, you know, everything that you have, your strength, your energy, your anointing, your grace, your finances, your work, and all that, is so that you can live that legacy. So please be very inheritance-minded. Be very focused. When we are doing something, always think of the fact that this thing must continue beyond me. One of the assignments that God has given me, you say that, one of the assignments that God has given me is that I must leave something for the next generation. I must leave something for those who are coming out of me. Out of my own riches. Out of my own lifetime. Out of my own blessing. Something must go to the next generation. That will be a legacy. Uh, look at you know, what it says in the, book of, uh, in the books of Proverbs. Chapter 13 verse 22. It says a good person. A uh, translation says a good man. You know, he says a good man. You know, but you know, this one is generalizing. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. But the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. So a good man, a good father, lives an inheritance, not just for his children, but for his children's children. You know, and the, the biggest inheritance is not the physical money or the material that you can give them, but the legacy of faith. The legacy of faith, the legacy of your advice, the legacy of your experience, the legacy, legacy of your support, the legacy you know, of, of, of what, you have, what you've been through in life, what God has given you, what God has taught you, you, you pass it across. You know, fathers sit down with their kids and they tell stories. You know, and they tell stories. Grandfathers sit down with their grandchildren and they tell stories of their lives and they write books about their lives and they do all that so that their children's children can hear their history, they can hear their lives, they can hear the things, the, the challenges they went through, how they overcome it, so that when those children confront that, they know that somebody has fought this and overcome this in my family, and they can be strong and encouraged as they move forward. We are called to provide legacy for our children. You know, I love the time. One of the times I enjoy the most in my life right now is the time that we sit down you know, as a family. You know, we do it you know, on a daily basis. We miss it, you know, some, some few days and all that, but we do it generally on a daily basis where all the kids just gather around, my wife and I. And then, you know, I use that opportunity 
I tell them stories about my life. I tell them what I went through, how I overcome it, applying it to the Bible, telling them, you know, giving them hope, giving them direction. Now, I'm not perfect at it. I'm still trying, you know, to learn how to do it. But those times, you know, are precious times because there are times when you are dropping something that they will remember. I still remember some things that my father spoke to me, you know, when I was very young or they spoke to me in the past that would just come to me when I'm facing a particular challenge or when I'm about to do something. I just remember I heard that. I did that. You know, my dad left me an inheritance of reading. He taught me how to read. He taught me how to write. He taught me how to value books, how to value information, how to value simplicity. He taught me how to be diligent. He taught me just so many things, how to be consistent, never to give up on stuff by the things that he gave me to do. And those things continue as inheritance in my life right now, which continues to bless other people, my own children and other people who are my spiritual children. So I want you to be inheritance-minded as a father. That's part of how to be a patriarch. Let's go to point number three. Point number three. Fathers or patriarchs provide impetus or impartations for their family. Patriarchs provide impetus, impetus or impartations for their families. They provide impetus. Look at it. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14 that we're studying, uh, verse 16, it says, you know, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power. He may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being that he may strengthen you. Now that's, you know, you know the father of all fathers providing strength for his children. Providing strength for his children. He was praying that, you know, that strength will come. He was praying that certain things will come from the father and be imparted to his children. So patriarchs provide strength, encouragement, counsel, admonition. They provide stimulation, encouragement. You know, the word impetus, I love it. One of the dictionary de definitions of the word impetus is a driving force. A driving force. He was praying that God will strengthen them in the inner man. That the Father will strengthen us in the inner man. A driving force. Fathers, patriarchs, provide a driving force for their children and their children's children. In fact, some of those driving forces continue even after you are gone and continue to drive things in those directions, in anything that you father. Whether it is a person or whether it's somebody that you, I mean, whether it's you know, somebody you are adopted or a cause that you are involved in, it continues to provide impetus, strength. So one of the things we're supposed to do is to strengthen our children as patriarchs. Listen, your legacy will outlive you. And that legacy is not buildings. That legacy is not, you know, you know, you know the things that you are doing. As a, the legacy is in people. Your legacy is going to be in people. The people that you impacted, especially your children. The ones and your children's children. Those that you imparted. So part of what you do is, you know, as a patriarch, you know, you, you impart strength. You impart strength into, this, uh, into you know, your offsprings. Through encouragement. Don't, like I said, don't feed the weaknesses. 
feed, you know, feed them with strength. Help them to be stronger. Help them to be stronger, a little stronger mentally. A little bit stronger physically. A little bit stronger in wisdom. A little bit stronger spiritually. Just contribute to their strength constantly. Impart strength to them. You know, you know, fathers, you know, in the Bible, you will see, you know, before they, they die, you know, they will lay hands on their children and they will pray and prophesy over them. They will impart things to them. They will say, this is what you are going to become. This is what it's going to become. And then they will use their strength, their strength, their spiritual strength to... to to, to release something to the, to the legacy of their children. That's still what fathers and patriarchs do. Learn to pray for your children. Jesus practiced, you know, he showed us, you know, he laid hands on children. Lay hands on them. You know, pray over them. Pray over them on their birthdays. Pray over them, you know, from day to day. You know, you know lift up, lift your, I'm sorry, place your hands on them and prophesy destiny. Speak the word of God into them. Speak the spirit of God into them. No matter what they are displaying right now, keep speaking, keep speaking the word of God over them. Keep laying hands on your entire family. Keep prophesying over your entire family. Keep speaking the word of God over your entire family. You are providing strength for your family. Number four. Number four. We're talking about patriarchy illustrated. Uh, number four. Patriarchs provide intimacy for their family. Patriarchs provide intimacy for their family. Like I said, the complexion of your family has a lot to do with the father. Look at the way uh, God uh, does it. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 that we're studying, uh, verse, let's start from verse 17. It says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, verse 18, may have power together with all the God's lost holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. Paul was praying that we will come to know the love that the Father has for us. Listen. When God, the originate, or, or the originator of fatherhood, the great patriarch of all patriarch himself, set up his family. What he did was that he set up that family in love. He became the first person who practiced love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. John 3, 16. The father demonstrated love and he continues to demonstrate love to us. And Paul was saying that, you know, that the family will know this love. Listen, what I'm saying here is that patriarchs provide intimacy for their families. Patriarchs are leaders in love. You know, when Paul was addressing, you know, in the, in the rest of the book of Ephesians, when Paul was addressing the family, he addressed the wife, he addressed the, you know, the, the husband, you know, the father, and all, and all that. When he was addressing, what he told the, father, the husband was, husband, love your wife, as Christ also loved the church. It was a love. Meaning that fathers are supposed to embody love. You are supposed to create and foster intimacy in your family. That Christ may dwell in your heart. You're supposed to create, you know, that kind of, you know, that kind of environment. Of course, assisted, you know, by, you know, by the wife. But you have a, you know, a major part, a leading part in providing that atmosphere, that atmosphere of love, that atmosphere of togetherness, that atmosphere of fun, where everybody feels connected, where everybody feels united, where you deal with strife and anything that always tries to rise up within the family, where you deal decisively with it and you surround the 
place with love. That your children, you know, like, like God, you know, one of, one of my prayers, you know, in reading this is that even my children, they will say, man, the love of my dad, you know, family, you know, my wife, and they said the love, you know, is love that, you know, we are yet to comprehend it. You know, we are, we are trying to comprehend it. Why does he love us so much? Why does he believe in us so much? Why does he, why does he practice this towards us? That's, that is my desire. I'm not there yet, but I'm praying in the name of Jesus Christ for that to be, uh, for that to be, you know, pa- you know a, a consistent part of my life. And you can join me in praying that for yourself today, that you also, you'll be able to provide intimacy like the Heavenly Father provides for his own family. Let's go to the next one, uh, number six. Patriarchs provide inspiration for, is it, did I jump one? I think I jumped one, right? Pa- Patriarchs provide instructions for their families, number five. Patriarchs provide instructions for their families. So in this, you know, cause of being like our father, the heavenly father, he illustrated this uh, by showing us that part of what we do as patriarchs, as fathers, is that we provide instructions for our family. We provide love for them, we provide inheritance, but we provide instruction. It's important for fathers to sit their families down and to instruct them. But the question is that how will you be able to instruct a family, number one, if you are not present? How will you be able to instruct a family if you yourself, you don't have instructions? So, for you to be able to instruct, you must be instructed. Just like for you to be able to love, you must be loved. And we're going to talk about that in my final point. You have to be able to instruct your families. There are certain things that God will give to the Father, as illustrated in the Bible, that he will give to the Father from the beginning, when Adam and Eve were created, that he gave some instruction to Adam that was supposed to pass down across. And then when God was restarting everything in Abraham, there were certain things that he did also. Let's look at Genesis uh, quickly. You know, in, in the book of Genesis, chapter 18, verse 19, uh, God wanted to start something fresh, you know, the nation of Israel and this faith uh, family that is worldwide that we're talking about. Look at what he did, you know, he said concerning Abraham. He said, the reason why I've chosen him, you know, is so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he had promised him. God had promised him that he was going to make him a father of many nations. He was going to make him a patriarch. But he says that the way it's going to happen is because Abraham will instruct. Abraham will direct. Abraham will say, no, this is it. This is what the, Lord, uh, the, word, you know, the word of God says. Listen, fathers, if you are listening to me, you have to be a teacher. You don't have to be a pastor. I mean, like a pastor of a church. But you have to pastor your family. Now everybody is at home and all that. You are the pastor of that family. You are the chief instructor of that family. You can't delegate that to your wife. You are the chief instructor of that family. You need to sit them down and instruct them in the Bible. You study what you have received from God. You pass it across to them. You show them this is the direction. This is the vision of this family. This is the direction of this family. This is God's will for this family. These are the things that the word of God is saying. You are an instructor. A patriarch provides instruction. Even provides instruction that that, that goes on and on, even after they are gone, that this is the way we do things. This is the way things are supposed to be done. This is how you honor God. This is how you, you, know, you honor people. This is how you are generous. This is how you walk in love. They provide instructions that continues to last. Patriarchs provide instructions for their families. Because of our time, I'm going to move forward. Number six, patriarchs provide inspiration for their families. Patriarchs provide inspiration for their families. Inspiration. All of us need to be inspired. All of us need to be inspired. We need to be inspired. You know, 
one of the things that blesses me, that blessed me, there was a time it happened. So, you know, there was a time they were, you know, my son, Jesse, you know, I think he was, he was doing an interview or something and all that in, in a few things. And he asked him, he said, who are your, who are your role model? Or who are your inspiration? Who do you look up to? And he said, the first thing is, he said, my, my dad. I mean, that ministered to me so strongly. That means that to me. And, you know, I know I'm not perfect. I know, you know, that I'm still learning and I have my fault and he knows it and all that. But the fact that he could say that my dad is my inspiration. And they said, why? He said, because my dad is always helping people. He's always doing all that. I mean, that, I've never forgotten that. Now, God wants us to, uh, to be inspirations as fathers. And that's one of the things that I aspire to be. One of my prayers is that, you know, I just pray that my children... You know, Lord, let my children always be able to look up to me. Let them always be able to say, when they look at me, they'll say, you know what, I aspire to be like my dad. You know, I aspire, you know, to be like them. I aspire, you know, to, you know, to, you know, to, you know, I'm inspired by what he does. I'm inspired by how he lives. I'm inspired by all that. Part of the responsibilities of patriarchs is that they inspire their family. They provide inspiration uh, for their families, you know. You can see that in Ephesians chapter Chapter 3, verse 19. I mean, that's sort of like Eden, but I'll bring it out for you. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19 says, And to know the love of God that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. When you talk about measure, you are talking about standard there. To the standard. So basically, when you talk about inspiration, you know, we're talking about setting standards. Fathers and patriarchs are pace setters. They set standards. You know, standards that people can look up to and be inspired. So there was a measure, there's a measure of the fullness of God that God wants us to rise up to. So he set up that standard and he inspires us. He, you know, he's inspiring us towards that. You know, in the book of Deuteronomy, you know, there was an instruction that God gave to Father. Deuteronomy chapter 11 from verse 19. Uh, let's quickly read it from verse 18 to 21. He said, fix these words of mine in your hearts and your minds. He was speaking to fathers. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children. Talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk on the road. When you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your house. Put inspiration all over your house and on your gates. Put it all over so that you, your days and the days of your children may be many in the land which the Lord your God swore to give to your ancestors. And many, as many as the days of heaven are upon the earth. So God is saying here that, you know what, I want you to inspire your children. I want you to, you know, to surround the place with inspiration. You know that children are going to, they're going to try, they're going to copy what they see all around them. They're going to copy what they see surrounding them. You know, you know, I've met you know, fathers that, you know, they, they, they like sports, you know, like they have sporting things all over. You see their children going after sports. You know, you have, you know, you have fathers, you know, that love business. They have business books. They have all this kind of stuff. You know, you see their children gravitating towards that. Fathers that love entrepreneurship, their children start moving toward entrepreneurship. You know, if you love, I mean, learning, knowledge, wisdom. I want to say, fathers, please look at your house. Look at your house. Look at your car. Look at around you. What is surrounding the place? Are, are, are the things surrounding your house, the things, you know, that they can see, are these the things that can inspire your children? Are, are they patriarchal? Are they things that can that can help you in building this legacy that God has called you to build. Surround the place with knowledge. You know, the, 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 the kind of things you buy, the kind of things you put all around, the kind of words, you know, that are in your house, the kind of books and all that. All these things, they do something in your life. 
I mean, I thank God for the books that surrounded me, you know, when I was growing up, my dad. You know, all the, you know, the books that he put there. Because they, they, they just began to open my eyes up, you know, to something beyond, you know, beyond myself. You know, I was reading them in Papa Shafa, you know, I take the Lagos, and I'll be reading about the United States. I'll be reading about all kinds of places. Then my dad would travel, travel to different nations of the world, you know. And then I'll just look and say, hey, when I grow up, you know, I want to be like my dad. I want to travel. I want to go all over the world. I want to do this. I want to do that. There's something about what you are doing, and now it can inspire the next generation. And now I am doing that right now. I'm doing that right now. But I was inspired, first of all, by seeing it in someone, by seeing it in my father. And I've been inspired by spiritual fathers, you know, who do certain things, you know, you know the, the way they lead, you know, their churches, the way they lead their families, the way they establish them. And I look at them and say, I can do that. Many of the things that I'm doing right now, they are things that I caught and I saw in some people. And so in some people, and I'm catching things that I'm also, you know, do, uh, you know, working with in my life and producing. Fathers provide inspiration. Patriarchs provide inspiration. Now the final one, uh, the under, under patriarch, uh, patriarchy illustrated. Provide, uh, sorry, patriarchs provide illustration for their families. Now I separated, you know, uh, this illustration from inspiration. Um, you know, inspiration is something that comes from illustration. You know, but I wanted to separate this because the Bible actually you know, talks uh, about that you know, in several places. Basically, patriarchs are examples. That's what providing illustration means. Just like we're learning about fatherhood right now by looking at how the father provides it. We're looking at how the heavenly father provides it for us, which we can see in Paul's prayer. Now, we are also, we also as fathers are supposed to provide illustration to our families. We're supposed to be examples. Examples of the faith. In Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1, in this same book of Ephesians that we're studying, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1, Paul says that we should follow God's examples, therefore, as dearly loved children. So God, the Father, is an example. Then the children follow the example of the Father. Jesus Christ speaking in Luke chapter, uh, chapter 6 verse 36 says, Be merciful as your Father is merciful. So like Father, like children. In other words, as fathers, we're supposed to be examples. We're supposed to, like, we're supposed to be able to, our lives are supposed to be reproducible. What we do is supposed to be reproducible. So my prayers, you know, for myself and for all the fathers is that God will mold us. God will teach us his fatherhood in such a way that our lives will always reproduce what is, what is, will always produce what is reproducible. That we will be examples. That, you know, children can do as we do, not just as we say. That they can see us as examples of prayer, examples of integrity, examples of purpose examples of compassion examples of love examples of dependence on God they can see us as examples during troubled times or trying times how we, how we stood you know they can look at how we stood how we depended on God and it can be illustrative to them examples of how we, how we showed love examples of how we deal with the affairs of life we deal with joyful times and we deal with stressful times that will be examples that's my prayer for myself and from all the fathers, that we will be illustrations. So I have given you 
you know, from the, uh, from the, the book of uh, Ephesians, um, you know, the, you know, several things in there about how fatherhood is illustrated by the father. And I want to quickly repeat those several things before I now round up with my final points. Patriarchs provide identity for their family. Patriarchs provide an inheritance for their family. Patriarchs provide impetus and impartations for their family. And then number four, patriarchs, prov uh, patriarchs provide intimacy for their family. Love. And number five, patriarchs provide instructions for their families. P patriarchs provide inspiration for their families. And finally, patriarchs provide illustration for their families. So finally, my final, final point, uh, point number four, patriarchy imbibed. So, you know, my main point was, first of all, patriarchy initiated. Uh, number one, patriarchy initiated. Basically, God is the one that in initiated this. God wants us to be that. So, it's God's purpose we can go for it. Number two, patriarchy imitated, meaning that we are supposed to look at the Father and follow him. And number three, patriarchy illustrated. And we saw those seven illustrations in the prayer of how, you know, fatherhood is and patriarchy is. And finally, patriarchy imbibed. Now, how do you imbibe it? That's my final question. How can I be a better father? How can I lead this legacy of being a patriarch? It's very simple. One of the words that touched me as I meditated on this was Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, that we're reading. What Paul started, we said, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. Oh, can I end this, this sermon by saying, we need to kneel before the Father. Kneeling represents a lo whole lot of things. Number one, Kneeling represents prayer. Basically, we're praying for grace. Grace for fatherhood. We're praying for grace. We're saying, Lord, I want your grace. I want your grace. I want these things. I, I'm praying. Kneeling represents, represents that. Kneeling represents submission. It represents submission. Meaning that we submit to God's fatherhood. We submit to God's leadership. And then we become, we, we, we become better fathers. We, we submit to God's patriarchy. The order that God has established in his word. The order that he has established in his church. The order that he has established in his kingdom. That we submit to it. We kneel before the father. And, you know, and then the father begins to mold us. That is you know, the first step in becoming this. Kneeling you know, represents total dependency. It represents dependency. It represents supplication. Oh, it represents submission. So Paul says, I kneel before the Father. You know, I want to ask all the fathers, wherever you are right now, you are watching me, if you could just kneel before the Father. Just kneel before the Father right now. And those of you that are surrounding them, their children and their, and their spouses at this moment, I want you to lay your hands on them. Just put your hands on their shoulder or something. Just put your hands around them. And I want us to pray for them. I want you fathers to kneel down. Or if you are, you know, a male, you know, uh, you know just kneel right now. You're not a child, you're matured and all that. Just kneel down, you know, before the Father. Everyone can kneel down together and just pray. I want you to just, you know, place your hands upon the Father of the household if you are watching this with your Father. If you are not there with your Father, I want you to hold your Father in your mind and begin to pray for your Father, wherever your Father is right now. And if you don't have a, you don't have, you know, a biological Father that is still living, just talk to the Heavenly Father. You know, and just ask him, Lord, to provide, you know, fatherhood. I, want us, I, just, I just want to pray as we kneel. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everybody watching me right now. 
Lord, we know that one of the things missing in our world right now is true fatherhood. Are people that, God, that you will use to establish new orders, initiate new things, to sustain lives, oh, and, to, and to bring forth generations and generations of blessing. Lord, I pray right now, your word says in the, in the, in the, in the prayer that we're studying, that you, Ephesians 3.20, that unto you who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to you be glory uh, through Jesus Christ from generation to generation in the church. Father, I'm praying right now for every father, for everybody watching me right now. Lord, I pray for an impartation of the spirit of fatherhood, an impartation of grace from you for us to be patriarchs, for us to lay this foundation, for us to be the kind of fathers that you want us to be, for the things that you have committed into our hands. I pray for the anointing of revelation, of vision, of leadership, of compassion. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that we become instructors, that we become coverings, oh Lord, for our families. Lord, I just pray, Lord, you say, and even earthly father know how to give good things to their, to, their, to their children. How much more will your heavenly father give good things to them that ask him? So you are the standard of fatherhood. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, that you help us to grow in that standard. I pray in the name of Jesus that in our society, we pray for the fatherless, Lord. We pray for the orphans. And we pray for those who lack guidance, those who lack fathers. I ask in the name of Jesus today, Lord, that, Lord, you will touch to people, Lord, and help them, Lord, to begin to stand as fathers for those who are fatherless. Lord, I pray that you will touch somebody who is crying right now because they, they don't have a, a biological father, a physical father in their lives. Lord, I pray that you, the father of the fatherless, you meet their needs. Lord, get them into those wonderful relationships. I pray for young children, you know, in the African-American communities. I pray for children all over the nation, all over the nation of the world, Lord, that lack father figures in their lives. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that your mercy will come, Lord, will manifest, Lord, and that, Lord, these children, Lord, will begin to be placed under the covering of fathers. Lord, help us to rise up, Lord, to be fathers like you. Help us to rise up, Lord, to be able to demonstrate you, to illustrate you. And, Lord, help us in the name of Jesus Christ to lay the foundation that you have called us to lay. Lord, we desire to be patriarchs, patriarchs, Lord, under your order. Patriarchs, Lord, under your kingdom. Patriarchs for our families. We want peace to exist, Lord, and to remain after we are gone. We want to leave legacies, Lord. We want to impact our world. We want to leave legacies for the kingdom of God. We want to impact our children. We want things to continue generations after we are gone. If Jesus tarries, that continues and continues to impact the world. Lord, grant this grace to everyone Lord, who is crying out for it now and will receive it now. In the precious name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Globe Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.